Hi! Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we are going to talk to Rob Vanstone of the Regina Leader Post about how things are going in Ryderville with the team just about eliminated from playoff contention. They're not starting Cody Fajardo this weekend. What's going on there? We'll find out on the podcast. It's Rob Vanstone of the Regina Leader Post. Rob, let's just start with uh, the CFL story. Uh, the Tiger Cats are losing at the half. That must be good news in Regina right now. If there is such a thing, uh, <laughs> the way this year has gone, I guess the, the denizens of Regina and surrounding district can't be that particular. So the the deal for those who don't know is that Hamilton cannot finish with the same record or better record than the Riders. Saskatchewan needs to finish with a better record than Hamilton in order to get that crossover spot. Seems like the ship has probably sailed on that one, but in a desperate attempt to save everything, they are benching Cody Fajardo tomorrow against Calgary. Rob, why? That's a really good question, you know. Uh, I wish I could provide more insight, but I, that's been the million-dollar question around Saskatchewan for the last few games. They're attributing it to something nebulous, such as they feel they need a spark. And uh, the offense has not performed well for most of the season, and so they felt... They've, made, they've tinkered in numerous ways, but the quarterback has been the one constant. And I guess they figured, well, nothing is working with this model. Let's try a different one. But it, it really strikes me as odd, especially when you consider the magnitude of the game. And now I wonder, you know, what if Ottawa should beat Hamilton, thereby increasing the Rough Riders' chances and probability of making the playoffs? Then you go with a a first-time CFL starter, and what if it doesn't go well? What kind of backlash is there there if if you suddenly you've got this opportunity that maybe, or this this break that maybe didn't seem likely at one point, and then you just hand it right back by not going with your veteran quarterback if, if, uh, in the event that a young quarterback should just come in and, and f- discover that the moment's too big for him. Mason Fine will be starting, and he has very limited CFL experience. He's never started before. 28 of 42 for 326 yards, two touchdowns, and three interceptions and limited action so far this season. It struck me, Rob, as a desperate attempt to, you know, like a Hail Mary, a desperate Hail Mary by Craig Dickinson to save the season and potentially his job. Does that have any merit in your eyes? Yeah, except, you know, if you're a head coach trying to save your job, wouldn't the safest route be to go with the veteran quarterback, uh, with the established quarterback, as opposed to a real dice roll here? I suppose there's some kind of upside maybe in that you don't know. You know that you haven't been winning with Cody Pajardo as the quarterback. Not that I would attribute a lot of the team's inability to win to the quarterbacking. But you haven't yet found out whether the young quarterback has an upside maybe he does and maybe there's a a shocking development here that can elevate the offense to a tier that it is not yet approached but that to me would seem to be less likely than going with a veteran quarterback and uh, the only thing that I think Mason Fine can give them that Cody Fajardo has not to this point is a presence behind center that is not battle-scarred and shell-shocked as a result of playing behind an offensive line that is poised to set a rough rider record for most sacks surrendered in a season. And Cody Fajardo has looked rather uneasy in the pocket. And it, it almost seems like he's reacting to pressure that sometimes isn't even there in, it, because he's expecting it. And I don't think Mason Fine has that accumulated 
mental baggage as a result. So maybe that gives them something that Cody Bajardo doesn't. Aside from that, I can't see where this is an advantageous move for the organization. They were four and one, and now they're six and ten. What happened? Well, uh, Bombers fans will remember in 2014 the Bombers were five and one, and they finished seven and eleven. So uh, <laughs> it, it can happen. You know, if they were four and one, but they were doing so without really being efficient offensively. They did just enough more often than not. But early in the year, they had a ferocious pass rush, and I think what happened, Christian, is they were able to exert more pressure than they were facing. And uh, although the offensive line has generally been porous since the start of the year, the Rough Riders were actually inflicting more harm on the opposing quarterbacks. But then after four games, suddenly Garrett Marino gets himself suspended. um, And that was a whole mess. And then not too long after that, Anthony Lanier, the second, the other defensive tackle was injured and he's still out. So suddenly you lose those two defensive tackles and the defensive line isn't as effective. And suddenly that precarious balance that was, or the precarious situation, which was balanced in favor of the Rough Riders because of the way the defensive line was playing, was no longer in effect. And that balance shifted. And there just wasn't much margin for error because the offense wasn't putting the team in a position to outscore any of the mistakes it was making on defense. And they also started against... Uh, not at the toughest schedule. Tiger Cats, who really struggled. Elks, who haven't won at home in a century. And then uh, a home win over the Alouettes and Red Blacks. And then it all just kind of came apart from there. If the BC Lions win tonight, then Calgary has nothing to play for tomorrow in Saskatchewan. Do you think that would change anything for Calgary? Or are you still expecting a good effort from the Stamps, regardless of whether they have anything to play for or not? Well, the tendency has been, and Bombers and fans have seen this too, is that once you know what your playoff position is going to be and there's nothing that can influence it, um, generally you do take the foot off the gas, not for really the wrong reasons, but just for precautionary reasons. And one hit can change everything, ask the BC Lions. So um, from that standpoint, maybe you're facing an opponent that doesn't have anything approaching the great degree of urgency that it would otherwise have. And when you look at it, BC should make that layup tonight against Edmonton and eliminate them. And that's the unquantifiable element to this whole equation. Yeah, the Rough Riders are playing Calgary, but are they playing the Calgary team that, although it's lost three times to the Bombers this season, all three of those games have been decided by seven or fewer points. Are you playing that Calgary team? Or are you playing a Calgary team that uh, is basically looking ahead to November already? If, if the latter holds true, then the Rough Riders are in a, in a, I think, a slightly better position than they would otherwise be. Regarding the job status of O'Day and Dickinson and, and all the like, do you feel like the the hot seat is, is warming and becoming scalding even based on what's happened the last two months? Do you think there's any way for them to, to be back next year, or do you feel like they're going to be fine despite this tumble? I, I'm not convinced that they're going to, to make a move here. I, it's been such a goofy year that I wonder if you just write it off and say there's there's uh, maybe you just have to decide, look, it just, it just wasn't meant to be. The team's in Winnipeg uh, in late September for a September 30th game, and they get a stomach flu that ravages the team. 
they have a COVID outbreak that basically has them playing a is fielding a preseason caliber roster, etc. And there's been an inordinate number of injuries, and I wonder if that might give them a mulligan. Craig Dickinson, the head coach, Jeremy O'Day, the general manager, both have a year left in their contracts. At one point, they were 26 and 11. When after starting four and one this year, they they were 26 and 11 in the uh, regular season. They'd been to back to back West Finals. They'd finished first in 2019. So I wonder if that body of work might at least buy them some time into next season. Um, I also wonder if the Winnipeg model might um, might influence the thinking here. And that after two years under Kyle Walters and Mike O'Shea, the Bombers were 12 and 24. And there was a lot of howling for moves to be made. Well, the Bombers opted not to do that. They had faith in the people that they had. And look how richly they've been rewarded since 2016, and especially since 2019. So... I wonder if that's an example where maybe patience or should be exercised now. And if you look at that 2014 season, the bombers had it's, it wasn't as turmoil ridden, but if you look at the elevator cable snapping after a strong start, I think there's a pretty close parallel between the 2014 blue bombers, and the 2022 rough riders. Yeah. But leading into that seat, those, those two seasons there hadn't been a lot of success whereas 2019 the riders went 13 and 5 in dickinson's first year then 9 and 5 last year they made the west final twice they're going backwards it's a little different don't you think a little bit but they also elevated the team's fortunes uh in in 2019 they inherited a 12 win team that had lost its first playoff game they ended up uh finishing first that year for only the second time the rough riders have done it in a span of 43 seasons it's pretty rare what they did it's not like they inherited a team and just stood pat. They they did finish higher than this team ordinarily does. And even with a ridiculous amount of adversity last year, the injuries piling up, et cetera, uh, the offensive line being as bad as it was then, they were still able to challenge a Winnipeg Blue Bomber team and, uh, and lost 21-17 to an eventual Great Cup champion. So it wasn't until mid-July this year that the real serious – regression began and i just wonder if there's reasons that explain it that might buy them some time here i'm not convinced that will happen i just i just wonder if there's a if there's a case for it and if it will then be considered as a result so what's your prediction for their final record this season eight and six and six and twelve uh, there's no reason to think this team is capable of winning another game they lost to a Hamilton Tiger Cats team that it was four and ten entering the game, and that was a very important game for the Rough Riders. They lost at home to an Edmonton team that was three and ten at the time. They haven't shown any ability to beat any of the upper tier teams. They did beat the BC Lions, but that was with Nathan Nathan Rourke out, and then and then their second stringer got hurt too. So, and then they barely eked by them. So they just haven't shown a capacity to win a an important game and, and b defeat a team that's. Uh, more talented or even comparably talented or even less talented for that matter. So what optimism really can one extract from what we've seen so far here? Fair enough. Before I let you go, uh, your thoughts on the Jets two and two start to the season. Um, I loved the Colorado game. I was a little chagrined when three to one lead turned to three, three rather quickly, but for them to regroup and, and win that game and to see Neil Piot playing the way he is after a disappointing year last year 
that was encouraging to see the kind of start that Mike Mark Shifley's had after a disappointing year last year was was pretty encouraging. I like what I see so far. Obviously, the the game against Vegas was uh, disappointing pretty much right out of the gate. But you have to remember the night before they beat Colorado. So I'll take a split if you've the, if the victory is beating Colorado. I'm I'm going to hang my hat on that for now and feel good about the Jets for the first time in a little while. There you go. Rob Vanstone, the perspective from Regina. Appreciate your time as always, Rob. And whatever happens in the next couple of weeks, uh, try not to try not to get too sad about all the, the glumness, I'm sure, in, in Regina. Well, I'm a Denver Broncos fan with an 0-6 oh, no. fantasy football team. So there's enough glumness in my life to let this type of stuff influence me. So That's Rob Vanstone, the Regina Leader Post. Oh, no. Denver. Gosh, they're bad. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn